Welcome to Stepping into the Light with Julia Treat, a weekly podcast devoted to helping you open up to your own unique abilities so you can receive loving and supportive messages from your loved ones, angels, and guides. I've done several readings over the years involving loved ones who are in hospice. As loved ones watch their family member drift off into an unknown place of stillness and unresponsiveness, they are left wondering what their loved one is experiencing, if anything, and if he or she is suffering or afraid. I hope the next story from my book, Stepping into the Light, might somehow put some of your minds at ease. I received a call from a family as they were preparing for their loved one to return home to heaven. Ed had been in hospice for about seven days when I received the call. His family had watched him as he faded into stillness and wondered who, if anyone, was there to help him get home. One of Ed's daughters called me and said that she had heard about me. She wondered if I would be available to do a reading over the phone that evening, as she, her sister, and her mother were desperate to know that Ed was okay. He's been in hospice for seven days now, and he's unresponsive. We just want to know that he's okay, she said. I just happened to be free that evening and agreed to speak with them. I told her that I would call around 7.30, and we would see what we could find out. This was the first time I had ever been asked to connect with someone who was in transition. And I'll have to admit that I was a bit nervous, not knowing what to expect. I was reassured, however, with knowing that I had the ability to connect with an individual's higher self, something I had done on several occasions. But this was different. I was going to be connecting with someone who was at the cusp of leaving the physical plane. And this was new territory for me. Although I was nervous inside, I have to admit that I was eager to see what would happen. I called the family later that evening, and we started their reading. I opened with a prayer, calling in God, the angels, and any beings of light with loving messages for the family. I took a deep breath and dove right in. As the reading began, I connected with Ed instantly. He came in quickly and easily and began to show me so many family members that he was with. He talked of his father and said that his dad was showing him the ropes, something the family acknowledged was a familiar saying of his. I told Ed's wife that I could hear the angels singing Ed home. They sound so beautiful, I told her. They are so happy to see him again. And you had something to do with it. The angels said that you asked them to come for him. They heard your call. Ed's wife answered back over the line. Thank you, angels. I knew you would come for him. I continued and told them that Ed's soul had already left his body, but that his body just hadn't shut down yet. 
I described Ed laying in the bed as he showed me what he looked like. As always, the movie was rolling in my head, and I was able to see everything. I told the family that he was breathing labored, and I saw that he had cancer that had spread to his brain. The women on the other line validated this to be true. Ed keeps saying that he's sorry. He didn't mean the things he said. It was the cancer, not him. His wife replied that she knew it wasn't him and that he would never have said the things that he did. Archangel Michael came for Ed. He's with spirit now, I told the three of them. As I saw a white dove come into the picture, my sign that a soul is with spirit. Ed keeps whispering in your ear, I told his wife. I can't make out exactly what he's saying, but he says that your heart will know what it is. Ed's wife said that although his body was still going, she had felt that his soul had left a couple of days before. This all makes sense, she said. I have felt him around me a lot today. I continued with what I was receiving and said, Ed wants to thank you for giving him such a wonderful life and a beautiful home. He wants you to know that he's with the child that the two of you lost many years ago. Ed's wife seemed relieved upon hearing this and proceeded to tell me that she had had a miscarriage several years before. I'm so happy he's with our baby, she said. Throughout the reading, Ed often addressed his stepdaughters as my girls, something they said he called them often. Although Ed had been a stepfather to his wife's two girls, he'd always treated them as if they were his own. He loves you girls so much, I told the two girls. You were the best daughters anyone could ever have. The girls on the other end began sniffling, and I could tell that the words they were hearing meant a great deal. Ed mentioned his grandson and said that he would continue to guide him. No worries, I told them. Ed's not going to let anything happen to him. As I was relaying what I was hearing, Ed began to correct me. He keeps telling me to call him Buddy, not Ed, I said. Oh my gosh, his wife exclaimed. That was his nickname. We all giggled for a bit as we waited for anything more from Ed. Ed says that the three of you have to lean on each other from now on. He knows that he was your rock, and he will give you all the support from the other side that he can. He wants you to know that whatever his body appears to be going through. He is already in the light and is not suffering anymore. Ed's wife and daughters were relieved to hear this, as they, of course, found it difficult to watch him lying in that bed so helpless. He says that whatever sounds you hear are just his body shutting down. He wants to assure you that he's not in any pain or discomfort anymore, I continued. Ed wasn't finished yet, though, and I continued to relay several more messages. 
Ed wants to apologize for ignoring the signs, I told them. I mean, he is so sorry. It turned out that Ed had been sick for a while, but hadn't done anything about it. Yes, I know he is, his wife said gently. He's showing me a big black dog sitting next to him, I continued. Oh my gosh, that's Caesar, one of his daughters exclaimed. Ed says that he just started laughing when he saw that big dog running toward him when he got there. He was so happy to see his old pal. My connection with Ed was so amazing and seemed to go on and on. He spoke of others that were with him in heaven, including friends and family, and he even gave their names. He told his wife and daughters to be open to all of the miraculous ways that he would be able to let them know that he was still around them. He said they would see sparkles of light, a cardinal, and even rainbows from time to time. He told his wife and daughters that he would be lining everything up for them and that they were to be sure to let him know what they wanted. And he says to dream big, I told them. He called his wife a sweet angel and thanked her for calling the angels in to take him home. He will love you forever, I told her. And with that, their amazing reading came to an end. Ed had come through with exactly what his girls needed to hear. He was already in that glorious place we call heaven. But more importantly, he wasn't suffering anymore. I said a prayer thanking all of our beings of light that had helped with the reading. We all said our goodbyes, and I asked the family to keep in touch. I can't wait to hear about all of the miraculous ways that Ed lets you know he's around, I said as we ended our call. I heard from Ed's family a few weeks later. They said they had received all of the signs that I had mentioned during their reading. One of his daughters saw little sparkles of light just a short time after his passing and she continues to see them from time to time. His wife and both girls saw the cardinal shortly after his passing and continue to see it on a regular basis. It often shows up when we need it most, one of the girls told me during a conversation. We know it's Ed letting us know that everything is going to be okay. They report that they have even seen the rainbow on many occasions. His grandson, Joey, who he promised to watch over, often comments that he sees rainbows in water puddles on the ground. Ed's wife feels him near all the time and reports that their dog, Cooper, who is still living, often drops his toy by Ed's chair. I can feel Ed sitting in his chair, she told me, and I know Cooper senses his presence. Ed passed on the second day of St. Anne's Novena in 2012, a place that has served as a beacon of hope for many people. St. Anne's Novena is the same place where Ed proposed to his wife in 1999. I hope you've enjoyed this little bit from my book, Stepping into the Light. Be open for miracles. God bless. Thank you so much for listening to Stepping into the Light. 
Be sure to visit juliatreat.com and click on the Join the Collective page where you can sign up to receive monthly lessons on soul surfing, energy amplification, and cultivating your own meditation mojo.